All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, welcome to Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And my name is Dave Everett. And uh, anyway, we just welcome you this morning. Um, we're going to be starting part two of a new series that I'm starting called The Name of Jesus. It's kind of a continuation of our previous series where we talked about God revealed as we went over the seven redemptive names of God over the last seven, eight weeks we've gone over those. And so this is kind of a continuation, but I've made it in its own series in itself uh, called The Name of Jesus. And so when we talk about the names of God, we might as well talk about the name that's above all names, uh, the name of Jesus. So anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, just let you know, we will have a Christmas service on uh, the Sunday before Christmas. I don't have the date on that on top of my head right now, but I'm going to do a special message for Christmas. Uh, we don't, in one sense, we almost teach Christmas all year long, but at the same point in time, I will uh, give a special tribute to that. Uh, so anyway, because I know Christmas is on Friday the 25th, so whatever the Sunday is before that Friday, uh, when I'll do a special message. If I finish this series today, I'm going to start a new series starting next week called Talk About the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, Experiencing the Holy Spirit is the title of it. If not, I'll start right after Christmas. So that's just a little FYI. Um, also, we have our Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock on the true nature of God. And then we have our Bible study on Wednesday nights on the new you and the Holy Spirit at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. So uh, those are some announcements. You can follow us on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. Uh, that's where you can also follow us. We have uh, worship playlists on there. We have a place to give and donate and tithe if, if, that's, if you're choosing. Uh, also, there's, all of our messages are archived on uh, our website. They're also archived on our YouTube channel, uh, which is Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Uh, we have over <coughs> now over 200,000, I mean, two, 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 not 200,000, 2,000 followers on YouTube alone. Um, and so uh, that has been growing almost every week. And then we have uh, other platforms. You can find those on our website where you can uh, listen to us. Uh, even on Spotify, we're on there as well uh, in an audible form. And so anyway, well, without uh, any more announcements, we're going to just go ahead and jump into our message this morning. And we're, like I said, we're continuing our message on the, on the name of Jesus. And, and this is a continuation, really, of our previous series on the... The God revealed, as we've been talking about the names of God. You know, let me just piggyback on that real quick. The names of God. There's seven names, and there's multiple names, really, in that matter. But there's seven specific names in the Old Testament, how God reveals himself. God, and it doesn't just reveal a name. They reveal his character, his nature, who he is. And all seven of these names, we talked about how all seven of these names revealed Jesus to us. And then we have the name of Jesus himself, Emmanuel, God with us. And we're going to be talking about that uh, uh, this morning as well. Just real, Let me just recap real quick those seven names that we went over the last few weeks. We have Jehovah Jireh, which is the Lord is our provider. It says that, it says that the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ. The second name that we went over is Jehovah Rapha, which is the Lord is our healer. <coughs> that also points to Jesus. By his stripes, we were healed. He talks about that in Peter. talks about that in Isaiah. And then the third name that we went over is Jehovah Nisi, which is the Lord is our banner. And that can also be rephrased as the Lord is our victory. And we know that in Christ Jesus, we have victory. He is our victory. 
Uh, the, 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 the fourth name that we went over is Jehovah Mekadesh. Um, and that, that, uh, that is the Lord is our sanctification. Right in the middle of the law, and the, more specifically the penalties of, of not keeping the law, God reveals himself as, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. And we see this in Ephesians chapter 5, where it talks about how Christ has sanctified his church. God has sanctified his bride. God has sanctified us through Jesus Christ. The fifth name that we went over is Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord is our peace. Uh, you know, when we talk about that on Christmas, when we talk about peace on earth and goodwill towards men, uh, the title of that message is going to be Peace on Earth. Jesus is our peace. The sixth name that we went over is Jehovah Tenisku. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. That's a little bit of uh, Greek for me, or Hebrew. And, uh, and, and that means the Lord is our righteousness. My favorite verse is 2 Corinthians 5.21, and it says, For he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, And then the seventh name that we went and that we ended off with is Jehovah Shema. And it means the Lord is present. The Lord is forever present which ties into the name Emmanuel, God with us. The Lord is present. Jesus said himself, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I, I know that's a, a real quick recap. You can look at our messages online and, and re, 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 recap all those. But here we're talking about Jesus. And the name Jesus is a compound word in, in, in the Hebrew. And actually, if you study the Greek and you study the Latin, they all, they all point back to the Hebrew and the name of Jesus. And the name Jesus is Yeshua. And Yeshua is a compound word, Yah-shua. Yah is a short for Yahweh, which is Lord. All these other names start with the Lord is. The Lord is our provider, our Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Makedesh. Jehovah is Yahweh. That's what the word is in the Hebrew. And Yahweh means Lord. He's our Lord. And Yahshua, or Yeshua, is the Lord and the Yeshua is salvation. The Lord is our salvation. And anybody who's been following us for a while, we, when we study the word salvation, the word by itself in the Greek and in the Hebrew, by definition, means wholeness. It means healing. It means uh, provision. It means deliverance. It's an all-inclusive word. And so when we talk about salvation, our sozo in the Greek and Yeshua in the, in the, in the Hebrew it's a, it means that the Lord is, he, not, it's, not, it's more than just the forgiveness of sins. It includes our forgiveness of sins, but it also includes our healing. It includes our provision. It includes our, our deliverance if we need it. And the, 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 the definition I like the most is wholeness. It makes us whole. Whatever we need it, wherever we need wholeness, Jesus, our salvation is all inclusive to that. So, anyway, I want to continue on our, on our message this, this morning. Uh, let me just recap a couple things we talked about last week. We, we, we started off in Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going, only going to, you can go, turn it if you want to. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on here. We did that last week. But in Philippians chapter 2, uh, beginning with verse 8, I just want to read this because this really kind of is my, one of my main verses for kicking off this message. Um, and it says, and being found in the appearance of, I'm sorry, excuse me, let me start over. And being found in appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even to the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has exa highly exalted him 
and given him the name which is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth. There's a lot here, and I'm not going to recap everything I shared last week. You'll have to watch the video or listen to the teaching. But because of our redemption in Jesus Christ, and through our redemption, God, you know, God originally gave authority to man through Adam. Adam forfeited that authority back to Satan. That's all, all through the fall and whatnot. Jesus gave that authority back. He has redeemed that authority back. And we have authority in the name of Jesus. A man had to die. A man committed sin, Adam. So therefore a man had to die. You know, we're getting into Christmas season here. And that's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. And someone asked me years ago, why the whole virgin part? What's so significant about that? And, why, and, why, and there's two aspects of that. And there's probably multiple aspects of that. But one of them is that he was born of a virgin because the male carries the seed, not the female. The, 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 the seed originates with the male. Let me put it that way. Okay? And Jesus is not born of Joseph, who Mary was betrothed to. It was born of the Holy Spirit. So in one sense, you know, it says that Adam was the first Adam, and Jesus was the last Adam. There, in one sense, there's two prototypes. And we are new creations in Christ Jesus. It says in Peter, we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed through the Word of God. We're born, if we're born again, we're born of Christ. We're either in Adam or we're either in Christ. Jesus had to come uh, as a man. He, and in Philippians chapter 2, is talking about how he, yes, he's the son of God, but he was also the son of man. And once as he laid down that divinity, he still was the son of God, but he laid that down to become a man so that he could die for us on the cross. A man, a man uh, uh, caused the transgression, so therefore a man had to pay for the penalty. And my favorite verse in 2 Corinthians 5.21 is that he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteous God in Christ Jesus. Jesus became our sin as a man. He died for us. And the proof that it was accepted is that he rose again. And because he rose again, and all these, uh, Jesus, God gave him the name above all names, the name of Jesus, that every knee shall bow, every, every tongue confess. I, I, everything I share right now is a short version of a lot of teachings I, I, I share on, on, this, on, this, on these topics. But if we understand, <clears throat> we understand the name of Jesus, if we understand healing, if we understand our salvation, if we understand redemption, the, the, the book of Hebrews chapter 9 talks about we have an eternal redemption. If we understand our redemption, if we understand everything we have in Jesus, our healing, our provision, our answers to prayers are a legal matter. They're legal. And from a spiritual sense, from, from a, it, it's a legal matter. And there's some other things that we talked about last week. You know, in the, even in the Lord's Prayer, the name of Jesus, you know, uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're to pray so that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says in uh, uh, Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians one twenty, that all the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God by us. We have authority. We have 
I'm going to be getting into some of this this morning. We have the power of attorney, in a sense, to use the name of Jesus. To, 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 uh, so his kingdom can come. Because the kingdom of God is not there. The kingdom of God is not here. The kingdom of God is within us. And Jesus said, it's to my Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God is here. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit either next week or, or the, after, the week after Christmas. And in the book of Acts, the disciples are asking uh, Jesus just before he ascended to heaven, when's the kingdom coming? They still don't have a revelation of that. And, and so and, 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 and it seems like Jesus didn't answer the question. But he says, you, you, uh, you, uh, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is within us. And in, in, the, in the gospel letters, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And he began to preach that the kingdom of God is here. And he healed the sick. He rose, raised the dead. He cast out demons. Uh, and, and the disciples began to do the same in his name. In the book of Acts, we're going to get there, and hopefully we'll get there this week, unless I make this a, a three-part message. Uh, you know, in the book of Acts, they preached in the name of Jesus. They understood the name of Jesus. And they were, they were forbidden, they, they were already forbidden to do one thing, preach in the name of Jesus. They were not allowed, or they were not supposed to preach in the name of Jesus. And we're going to get into that, that in a few moments. We also uh, talked, uh, we also looked at... Uh, uh, Colossians 3.17, and actually if you want to turn there, you can turn there real quick, because I do want to read it real quick, just because I don't, I don't want to miss what it says. I'm not going to reteach all of this again, but I do want to bring some light to it, and prerequisite to what we're going to be talking about this morning. <coughs> it says, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the, and I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going too fast, Colossians 3.17. So if you get past uh, Corinthians, you, you, the easy way I know the, these little epistles is Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and God eats popcorn. That's a, those are my acronyms for, for, for knowing that. God eats popcorn. It, it's silly, but it, it, it works for me. So Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, <coughs> in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There's a lot in this verse, but I just want to zero in on one aspect here. Is that whatever you do, in word or in deed, do in the name of the Lord. Church, whatever we do, whatever we do, whatever we say, we do, we, we do it in the name of the Lord. In other words, in whatever we say, whatever we do, we are bearing the name of Jesus. We are representing the name of Jesus. You know, one way I like to illustrate this is... <clears throat> when I worked for a store, in, in the past I've done a lot of retail. You know, I would wear their their logo on my sh my uniform, my shirt, and I would wear their name a name tag. A lot of times, a name tag had their logo or their their name on it. You know, uh, and I I was bearing their name. I worked for them. I was an individual. Yes, I had my own name, but I everything I did, everything I said to any customer. Or anything I did, even even the customers who knew me outside the workplace, but they knew that they they associated me with that uh, establishment. I bear their name, in or out of the office, I bear their name, and that that's just one example I have. We bear the name. We're Christians. We're Christians. We celebrate Christmas. Christmas. 
We bear the name of Jesus. Everything we do. And so we are, the Bible says we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And, and that's a whole other teaching. Uh, now I'm not focused on that so much this morning. So much, but it, it, it's include when we're talking about the name of Jesus, we can't leave this out because everything we do, everything we say, bears the name of Jesus. Why? His, I mean, there's so many different reasons. His kingdom is within us, so we are bearing His kingdom everywhere we go. Uh, if you, if you, if you just sometimes we got to take off the lens that we see life through and put on the right lens. And if we put on the right lens, we can live a very <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, powerful life. Andrew Walmack says it this way if you're not living supernatural, you're living superficial. The supernatural is normal. This natural, where everything we can see, hear, taste, feel is, is natural. The Bible calls it carnal. It's natural. It's of the five senses. We think this is normal. This, the spiritual created, the supernatural created the natural. If the supernatural created the natural, then the supernatural is the parent force. The supernatural is the main force. And we have an eternal redemption. <coughs> we have an eternal, eternal inheritance. Sherry, can you give me some more Excuse me, I did, I like when I when I start talking a lot lately, I, I started coughing. I don't, don't have any illness, but I, uh, I just sometimes when I start talking a lot. So anyway, I found that orange juice works really good for me. So um, whatever works. But, um, but, but hopefully I'm making sense. This is, again, just a little bit of a recap from last week. And then we also went to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm not going to read all of that today, but Ephesians 1, uh, 19 to 20. Uh, excuse me, let me, re- let me slow down and start over. Ephesians 1, verses 19 to chapter 2 to verse 6, it talks about how God wants our, our, our understanding enlightened, that we know the hope of our calling, of his calling, that we know our, the, the, the power of the resurrection of Christ. You know, the same power to raise Christ from the dead is living on the inside of us. And we bear that everywhere we go. But he also says in there that he has put all things underneath his feet. Even, even Philippians says that uh, every name, the name, not only the names on the earth, but the names above the earth and the names below the earth, which is the demonic stuff. God has put all things underneath his feet, the church. And he, every name, everything that has a name, cancer has a name. It must bow in the name of Jesus. Sickness, lack, strife, anything that has a name, COVID, has to bow to the name of Jesus. God has, and, and God has put all things underneath his feet and underneath the church. You know, anytime I teach this from Ephesians, but, it, you know, it says that God's put everything underneath his feet. Well, how many of us, you know, Jesus is the head. And God has put all things underneath his feet. Well, last I checked my anatomy, that my feet are not attached to my head. There's a body in between. And the, the feet are part of the body, they're not part of the head. It's all the, the same body. Excuse me. That, that makes sense? So if God's put everything underneath his feet, and we are the body of Christ, and the body of Christ represents the feet, not the head. He's the head. God has put all things underneath us as well. And I have a whole message about the feet of God. You know, there, 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 there's, a, there's a message, and I, talk, I teach on this. There's a whole new, new message. 
But in the in the Old Testament, remember when Israel was going to cross into the Promised Land? They crossed into the Jordan, not the Red Sea, but the Jordan. It said, as the priests stepped into the Jordan, that the that the, the the river stood as a heap. If you study that word heap, I don't have the reference right now, but if you say that word heap in the in the in the Hebrew, it means bow. As the priests of the Lord stepped into the Jordan, the river bowed at their feet. That's Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. We are in a better covenant. And it says in Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, that he has redeemed us by his blood, and he has made us kings and priests. We are a holy priesthood. Peter talks about that. And everything, every name must bow to the name of Jesus because we bear his name in everything we do and everything we say. Are you following me so far? I, I mean, I'm, not, I'm making a very uh, re short recap of some of the things I said last week, and, or, or at least some of the things I wanted to say last week. And, and so uh, this is powerful. But I want to move forward now to uh, some new territory. Show me, if you will, to John chapter 14. And we're going to spend some time in John. John, let me just, I always like to give him a little bit of the backdrop, what's going on, because we're not going to read the whole chapter of John 14. But in John 13, 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. And specifically in John 14, 15, and 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit who's going to come, which is what we're going to be talking about in, in, in next week or in a couple weeks from now. Okay? So I didn't plan this, but it just fits in. He's getting ready to go to the cross. He's also talking about the Holy Spirit who will come. Six times, six times in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. How many of you know Jesus only needs to say something once? But he says it six times. And there's some variations to how he says it, and we're going to look at a few of those this morning. But six times, Jesus... And, and, you know, if Jesus is emphasizing something six times, he, there's something he wants us to understand. He, there's something that he wants us to get. You know, and when I mentioned the word understanding, the parable of the sower talks about the seed, God's word falling on four different kinds of soil. And it says that all four of those soils heard the word of God, but only the good soil heard it and understood it. It's not enough to just hear the word. Now, you can't understand something you don't hear. But it's not enough just to hear it. You need to understand it. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand it. But when we understand, hear God's word and we understand God's word, it can be fruitful in our lives. And God, is, Jesus is saying, six, before he goes to the cross, you know, when, so, when someone's about ready to die or the coach is huddling the team before they go out to the big game, you know, he's going to say some very important words during those times. And Jesus is saying some very intimate and very powerful words to his 12 disciples. 12 men that he was very intimate with for three and a half years in his earthly ministry. And he says some words, and he, six times he says, Anytime, anything you ask in my name, I will do it. And that, that, that's just profound to me. Just, just, just looking from that aspect. But here, in, in, we're going to pick it up verse 13, or verse 12 here in just a second. In John 14... Uh, verse 12. But I also like to 
say something else here. And I said this last week, but I, I always like to repeat this. Sorry, let me just catch up. I didn't turn where you guys were turning, so I just want to catch up with you. Okay. But here, you know, let, let's read verse 12 and then let me say what I'm going to say. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. I want to pause there. That's not probably the main part I want to get to, but it's, it's in context. So I want to, I'm not. Jesus said, greater works shall we do, because he goes to the Father. Why is him going to the Father so significant for us to be able to do the works that he did and even greater works? It says in Isaiah 55, verse 11, that his word does not return to him void. Jesus, how I many know the word of God is not the ink? The word of God is a person, and his name is Jesus. It talks about that in the book of John, chapter 1. God is the word. Jesus is the word. The word is a person. And Isaiah, which I just quoted, says that his word does not return to him void. We're celebrating Christmas right now. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to die. Jesus came to die so that we can live. Jesus came, his main purpose for coming and humbling himself and becoming a babe and, and living was to come to die. Now, how many know he's not dead? He's alive. He's alive. And, and we celebrate that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little more depth in just a few moments if we get that far today. But he is alive. He is alive. But Jesus returned to the Father. After he died, came, he died, the word of God came as a babe. He, he died, he rose again, and in the book of Acts we see him ascending to the Father. He returned to the Father because God says his word will not return void. Why did we, Jesus return to, walk, to the Father? Because he finished the work. What was the work he was supposed to finish? To die. He, 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 he came to, uh, when we celebrate the gospel, when we preach the gospel, it's the birth, it's the death, it's a burial, it's a resurrection, and even the ascension of Jesus. That's the gospel in the shortest form. And even shorter form is this death, burial, and resurrection. It is the finished work of the cross. Jesus went to the finish. Jesus went back to the Father because he finished the work that he came to do. Also, <clears throat> by Jesus going to the Father because he's talking about in John 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit who will come. Since Jesus... Till now, no other age has ever experienced the finished work of the cross. Before, before Jesus, before the cross, before the resurrection, before the cross, no one, no other age ever had the finished work of the cross. No other age before that had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit like we have. We have the Holy Spirit. We have an eternal redemption. We have the finished work of the cross. So there. We, because of those two main aspects, we should do the works that he did and even greater works because we bear his name, because we have the finished work of the cross, because we have the Holy Spirit. And it's in that context, and he's going to expound on that throughout these three chapters, but he says, but let's read verse 12 again. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me. You know, let me just pause there for a moment. I, Paul says in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to everyone who believes. The just shall live by his faith. The key is that we believe it. Everyone who believes in me, 
the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father, and then the word, and then verse 13 says, and, that I love that word and. You ever hear those commercials? I mean, we don't have TV anymore, so we don't listen to commercials. But I remember growing up, seeing a commercial, and they're advertising something, and they'll say, and there's more. <laughs> and there's more. We should do greater works than Jesus did. We should do the works he did and greater works because he goes to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, he says, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And in verse, verse 14, he basically just repeats himself. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know the word amen? So it, it, it mean, by definition, the word amen means so be it. Which is basically the same connotation as, and I will do it. It's so ordered. You know, when, a, when a, a judge brings down his or her gavel, it's so ordered. When it, when it, you know, whatever, whenever the judge brings down their gavel, it, it, whatever they just said, whatever decree they just made, it's so ordered. It must be carried out. If they have to arrest the person and put them in jail, it, the officers have to carry through what the officers just said. Or whatever, whatever, whatever or if it's a pardon. Or if it, whatever it is, whatever they just decreed, it is so ordered. And in the name of Jesus, amen, so be it. And God says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He's made a decree. He's made, and, and anything God says, it has to be done. When God said, let there be light, there was light. When God said, let there be, oh, uh, uh, everything he created, he said, let there be, and it was. And God said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's the same connotation. It's the same way that God created everything. The same way if we use his name, he said he will do it. And so, um, I don't know about you, but that's powerful. And especially, I love, I love the word whatever. You know, to me, that sounds like a blank check. You know, what do you want for Christmas? I mean, Sherry will come to me once in a while. What do you want me to bake for you? Oh, I'm like, oh, man. Let's get started. Because whatever, you know, whatever. I mean, I'll go down the whole the whole menu. I go, I mean, I get the pick, you know. And so I just love that. You know, yesterday we met we met some friends at my favorite restaurant. We had to drive an hour and a half to get there. They go, hey, that's a long drive for you. I go, it would been it was worth the drive for the restaurant alone, <laughs> but it was worth the drive also to come see you guys. Just all the garden. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it was good. You know, it's my favorite restaurant, and and we're glad we went because of COVID. They're shutting down tomorrow for for a little while, and for not certain the day. Excuse me. Uh, so we got there just in time. But anyway, uh, let me get back on the, on the message here. You know, whatever you ask in my name, I love that verse 13 says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God the Father is glorified when he answers your prayers. God is not glorified when your prayers go unanswered. 
God is glorified when you... In other words, God wants to make your life a, an advertisement of his goodness. We talked about that a little bit when we talked about the name uh, uh, Jehovah Teniskew and Jeremiah. God wants to make, wanted to make such an advertisement to all the other nations of the goodness that God wants to do in our lives. But whatever you ask in my name, therefore I will do. You know, in other words, when he says, whatever you ask in my name, that's, that's very, that, that is power of attorney. You know, I'm a notary public, and sometimes I, I, I'm called to, to notarize a power of attorney. You know, a power of attorney means that that person can use their name. You know, they have authority to, to make decisions on behalf of that person. They have the power of attorney. I know there's some other uh, 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 um, boundaries within some of that stuff, but in, in a sense, it's power of attorney. Jesus said, in other words, he almost he gave us his authority card. Whatever, what, you know, it's almost like giving someone a password or their pin number to their their, their card or whatever it is. It, you know, it just their account. You know, God says, whatever you ask in my name. He already said he'd given us the keys of the kingdom. I mean, keys is like a password. He he said, it's my father's pleasure. We have the keys of the kingdom. I mean, can you imagine? I mean. There's been times in my in my 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 employment through the years, I worked for some uh, major corporations, and I was given the keys. And I thought this was very powerful. They had this multi-million-dollar facility, and they have entrusted me to the key <laughs> to to enter. Just and they gave me the password to set off the alarm. I have. I mean, I just felt humbled that I have a key to this massive building. And yet, God said he gave us the keys of the kingdom. I mean, we're talking about the kingdom of all kingdoms. We have the keys. What do keys do? They unlock and lock. We, Jesus said, whatever you, whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loose. We have power. We have authority. You know, on, on one, I don't know if it's going to be Sunday night or Wednesday night, but when we're done with the, one of the books, we're going to be talking about the believer's authority. We have authority to use his name. Now, when I got, had a key to those buildings, I couldn't do any, I have to, I could only do what I was allowed to do with that key. I couldn't abuse that key. I couldn't make a copy of the key. I couldn't lend it out to somebody else. I, 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 had, I had to be, out there with, you know, there's, there's a Spider-Man movie we watched years ago. With great power comes great responsibility. We have power, folks. You know, when I talked a lot about a cop last week, and again, I have my little play gun, so to, uh, try to make it obvious so you don't think it's a real gun. Okay, you know, and the badge, and this is a fake badge. Someone asked me last week, is this a real badge? No, it's a, it's a play badge. Uh, but it, it, it makes the point. And, you know, a cop can use this because he has this. This gives him the authority to use this, but he, this tells him how and when he can use this and what, and what, what manner. He, the cop can't make the laws. No, the cop is enforcing the laws that this badge already represents. When we know God's word, when we know who he is, when we know his nature, that's why we've been talking about the nature of God a lot lately. When we know who he is, we will know his will. I, 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 you know, Sherry and I have been married 20 years. We know, you know, every, every 
everybody has these pet peeves or rules or guidelines. And we just know what those are. You know, sometimes we tease each other with some of them. But, but we, we never maliciously try to abuse that. But and my, my point is, we just know. And it, it seems like in every relationship, every business, there's this code that you live by. So, you know, and some groups, there's a different code in a little bit, but there's just certain code. You know, uh, and so, but when, because we're talking about using his name. We need to know his will. But if you know God, you're not going to know God's will. I don't know where I put my Bible. But we, we, we. To know his will, we're going to know his word. We're going to know him. And anyway, let me get back to my badge and, and whatnot. You know, the, 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 a cop can get in trouble if he abuses this, both in putting the law in his own hands, not using this, but he's doing it in his own hands. But a cop can also get in trouble if he if there's a bank robbery and he just says, sorry, Ty, sorry, I'm busy eating my donut. I don't feel like, be, you know, being the hero today. You know, he can get in trouble for not doing what he's sworn to do. We have authority to bear the name of Jesus. And we, you know, there, there's, so, there's so much I can, uh, to, to piggyback on some of that. But we have power of attorney. We have authority. You know, we're going to eventually get to it, to it but uh, Peter and John said at the gate beautiful after Pentecost, silver and gold I have not, but in the name of what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Jesus said we can do whatever we ask in his name. Peter, and, Peter, and we'll, we'll get into it, Peter even took him by the hand. Someone was convinced. See, it's not just using the word. It's not just using the name. It's believing in his name. We have to have confidence in the name. It, it, I talked a little bit about this last week. It's not superstition. It's not spiritual voodoo, if I can just praise it like that. Some people have treated that way because they don't they, they understand the name and they understand there's power in the name, but they don't understand what's behind the name. And it's important that we understand what power we have. You know. Uh, when, Jesus, when Philip ministered in Samaria, there was Simon the sorcerer, and he saw the power, and he wanted to purchase his power for his own gain. Um, there, there the seven sons of Stephen who, who understood the name. They saw the power, but they didn't understand it, and it, they, missed, they abused it. And, it, and it, it didn't end well for them. Okay? And some people are frustrated why it's not working. And sometimes we can trust what we're doing instead of trusting him. And there's a difference. There's a difference between trusting, I'm making sure I'm saying the right word, saying the right phrase, using the right name, versus trusting him. There's a difference. Because it says, it says here, uh, back in verse 12, most sure I say to you, he who believes in me. The it says in Romans chapter 1, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to everyone who believes. It, it, it's, it's voice activated, if I can use it that way. You know, I, I think about one of the movies, Mission Impossible, through the years. It's voice activated, but you have to trust it. The just live by faith. You're not trusting you. You're not trusting, you're not putting your faith in your faith. You're putting your faith in Jesus. There's a difference. 
Okay? Even the demons believe that the name of Jesus has power. But they don't believe in Jesus. That makes sense? And so, I mean, you know that we can do the right thing the wrong way. And it won't work. I mean, I've done this with different websites. I put in the right PIN number, but I did it the wrong way. Or whatever it might be. Uh, uh, just, some things are case sensitive. Some things are just uh, whatever it might be. I, I don't know. But there, if we do it the right way, it will work every single time. And it's not about trusting us. It's not about, in one sense, a formula. It's about trusting him. That is the formula. And so, um, in other words, if we can get our faith out of the mystical realm, and to the realistic and legality of our redemption that we have in Jesus Christ, our faith will grow exceedingly when we understand these things. When we understand it, when we uh, put our faith in the right object, which is Jesus, it will work. Our faith will grow. Our faith will grow. And our faith is the main ingredient. It's, you know, by grace you're saved through faith. It's not just grace without faith, and it's not just faith without grace. You can't, if, if you have faith, that's great, but you don't, if you're not, you got to put that faith in the grace. And the grace is great, but if you don't put faith in the grace, if you put your faith in anything else, it won't work. We have, we have, you know, remember I just said from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that by grace you are saved through faith. That word saved, sozo, I already said, by definition, that word salvation means healing. It means wholeness. It means provision. It means deliverance. When we, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the word sozo again. If we want healing, we need provision. Whatever we need, whatever we need for wholeness. We need to put faith, we need to trust in his grace. His name Jesus is grace. You know, in the book of Romans, God and Paul uses the word grace and gospel interchangeably. And the gospel, again, is the finished work of the cross. It's good news. It's news. It's not advice. You know, I, it's hard to use the word news anymore because nowadays on the news, it's not news. It's not even true. Um, but news is supposed to be... <laughs> It's past tense. They're recording what happened. The good news is what God has already done through Jesus Christ. Jesus is not dying on again and again and again. He died once and for all. And he, God has already put all things underneath his feet. We just need to trust the gospel. I'm not getting very far. I'm very fast. And that's okay. I'm not, reading, I'm not speeding through this. But he says, whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to do this. So that I, his Father, gets glory. God wants to be glorified in your life. He's not glorified by your pain or misery or sickness. He's glorified when God is showing salvation, showing himself strong in your life. And You know, when God transforms, I see God transforming our life because of his goodness. His goodness will lead us to repentance. And uh, I mean, throughout the ministry of Jesus and throughout the ministry of the apostles, they preached the word of God. They preached in his name. But they also demonstrated his name too. And there were some, especially in chapter Mark, Mark chapter 1, 
uh, when Peter, I mean, God, uh, Jesus was healing Peter's mother-in-law, the whole city showed up at his door. Can you imagine the whole city showing up at your door? And they're showing up at your door because they're expecting something. They seen you heal. And, and in some cities, in some towns, some communities, Jesus healed everybody. The only place he could not heal were those where there was no faith. And there was, there was unbelief. And, and he couldn't heal. there were some cities he couldn't heal anybody. See, God's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of those who trust him. Trust his word. Trust his name. That makes sense? Because we're not trusting his name. We're not trusting. Let me say it this way. We've met a lot of people who want healing, but they don't want any relationship with the healer. We get a lot of people who want provision, but they don't want a relationship with the provider. Some, a lot of people who want salvation, but they don't want a relationship with the Savior. They want wisdom, but they don't want any relationship with the God of all wisdom. We've had, we minister a lot of people through the years. Once they get their prayer answered, we don't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. And, it's not, and it's not because they're not coming to our church. That's not the point. My point is that we're not going to any church. We're not going anywhere. And the, the, one of the key things that we teach in this church is a relationship with God. Yes, we teach healing. Yes, we teach power. Yes, we teach the Holy Spirit. But the key ingredient is having a relationship with Him. Which, which, which uh, uh, I get a little ahead of myself, but that's fine. Let's go, uh, let's go to uh, John 15. John 15, verse 16. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask, you, the Father in my name, he may give you. In this whole context of Matthew and John, John yes, yes, he's in John 14, 15, and 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. But specifically in John 15, he's talking about abide in me and let my word abide in you. He's talking about relationship. Is that not true? If we're abiding in God, don't we have a relationship? You know, a plant, a vine, a grapevine, for example. You know, the, the, the fruit, the grape, is abiding in the vine. Without the, without the vine, without the, 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 the root system, that, the, grape, the, the, the grape doesn't produce itself. It produces fruit the, because it abides in the branches, abide in the vine. God said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go bear fruit. And fruit that should remain. Fruit is a byproduct of anything that's plugged in <coughs> to the source. How many know we're born again? We're born again of uh, not of incorruptible. I mean, not of excuse me, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God. That you know, an apple tree, everything that apple tree needs—the sap, the seed, the, the the branches, the leaves, the blossoms. The, 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 the apples themselves, the seeds within the apples. Everything comes from the seed, the roots. Everything the apple tree needs is already in that seed. It needs to be watered. It needs to be planted. It needs to be nurtured. But it's already, it, the water doesn't create the apples. It just nurtures the apples. The soil just nurtures, the good soil just nurtures the apples. The sunlight just nurtures the apple. But the seed is the source. 
of that apple. And we are born again. Not a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible. Everything we need for life and godliness, everything we need is found in Jesus. And we have Jesus. We're born of his seed. We're born of God. You know, we're born of God. Just that phrase of itself. We're born of God. Like Father, like Son. It said in uh, 1 John 3, 2, we will be like Him when we see Him as He is. The more we get to know who God is, the more we can see who we are. Because we are created in His image. We are born again. Behold, we are new creations in Christ Jesus. There's over 300 scriptures in the New Testament talking about who we are in Christ. It says in Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, that the communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to spend time acknowledging the problem. I'm here acknowledging who I am in Christ Jesus. My faith becomes effectual as I acknowledge every good thing that's in me that's in Christ. I'm the righteous of God in Christ. Everything I have, everything I am is in Christ. I'm bearing his name. I'm bearing him. I'm born again of him. I'm born of his seed. I'm born of his nature. Everything I am is in Christ Jesus. And as I acknowledge that, my faith, my faith becomes effectual. I don't, I want my faith to be effectual. And that's where a lot of us are frustrated at times because our faith is not being effectual like it should. That's not a put down. And even Paul said in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 3.10, I come to perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And that's not a put down, but, you know, we all need perfection. We all need some, some fine-tuning. I've, I've heard from many guitarists through the years, a guitar never stays in tune. If you go to a, a concert, a lot of times they will switch out the guitars in between songs. They do it very, they very, uh, very uh, slick. There's a word for it, but they, they do it so you almost don't notice it. Because they're dancing around on the stage and they're made, but they're, they're, and part of that is they're switching out guitars. You know, they do it so... Uh, uh, Subtle, subtly is the word I'm looking for, because someone behind the, in the, in the behind in the in the backstage is tuning every guitar for every song, because the guitar doesn't necessarily stay in tune. You have to constantly tune it. Uh, different instruments are a little different, you know, like a piano or whatnot. But even then, you gotta tune it every once in a while. You know, every every, and so we need to keep our hearts in tune to God. We, you know, the Bible says it this way in Romans chapter eight: whatever, what uh, uh, to be naturally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We gotta, you know, we live in a natural world, but sometimes we gotta reprogram, we gotta be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we gotta reprogram. I feel like I'm going on a lot of different tangents, but they they, they do combine. Um, but I want to get back to some things that I think I overlooked here real quick. Um, again. And I, I, some of these things I keep re-emphasizing, and I keep re-emphasizing on purpose. Jesus is saying in these contexts, I'm giving you my name. Whatever you ask in my name. Because we, you know, keep in mind, over the last eight weeks, we've talked about the name of God. The Lord is our provider. The Lord is our healer. The Lord is our, 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 our victory, and so on. Our peace, our righteousness, our sanctification. All these are names that are describing his nature, who he is. And that's why I titled that, that whole series, God Revealed. God's revealing himself. And Jesus is doing the same thing. 
And they all point to Jesus. They all point to the cross. They all point to what we have in God. And God, and so when we when we understand that, and He says, "I've given you my name," all the characteristics of that name—His provision, His healing, His saint—everything we need is in that name, the name of Jesus, the name that's above all names, and He's given us that name for whatever we need—provision, a victory, deliverance. Or whatever we need, just knowing that He's there. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. God is there. You know, some of these names that we looked at, especially in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, uh, they were given, and actually, all seven, we actually looked at all seven of these names that we talked about were, were given at a time where Israel was in a major crisis. God revealed Himself as His provider, provider His peace, His righteousness. When, when, even when Israel was in exile because of their sins, because of their unfallen, because of their own iniquities, God revealed himself as his, their righteousness, as his, uh, the one who's always present with them. I mean, God, even, even back in the garden when man sinned, God didn't go hiding. Man hid from God. God did not hide from man. God has never hid himself from us. And even in our own folly, even in our own weakness, because some of the problems we're in, sometimes it's our own problem. Sometimes, in other words, we cause the problem. Sometimes other people cause the problem. In most cases, it's probably a mixture of the two. Maybe we didn't start the problem, but we didn't necessarily handle the problem, right? And, and, and there's all kinds of different scenarios. But even if we didn't have nothing to do with it, or maybe we are the whole cause of the problem, God reveals himself to you as your righteousness, as your sanctification. God reveals himself as your savior, as your healer. God reveals himself to you. And so, so I'm hoping I'm making sense to that. Uh, but, but whatever you need, and even if what you need is because you caused the whole mess, God reveals himself to you and he gives you his name. That's awesome. Because you're not the source. The source is trusting him. And sometimes we make messes. And I'm not advocating messes, but I'm advocating our God, our Savior, our healer. And he says, I'm giving you the power of attorney. Okay? Um, but, you know, one of the things, too, is that we need to have confidence in his name. Some of our prayers are not being answered because we don't have confidence in the name of Jesus. Some of us have tacked on the name of Jesus at the end of our prayers. Because that's, in one sense, if I can just put it this way, it just seems like that's protocol. That's the way you're supposed to do it. And yes, that's the way we should do it. But if we're trusting the formula, but we're not trusting him, there's a big difference. Because your faith is in what you're doing, not what he has done. You're trusting what you're doing not his name. And what's behind that name. That's why we spent so much time about his name that has so many aspects to it. Because when we understand his name, now when we use his name, we understand what's behind his name. Okay? But we're not being religious. We have authority. You know, when we understand this, when we understand some of the things I'm trying to, to convey, using his name is now a legal matter. It's like power of attorney. God has given me the authority 
to ask anything in his name, and he said he would do it. You know, if a cop is, is enforcing the law, a bank robbery, for example, and the, 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 the bank robber doesn't surrender, the whole force, the whole police force, will back that cop up. Okay? God will back up his name. He, you know, uh, he even says that in, 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 uh, um, in Hebrews chapter 1, that God upholds everything by the power of his word. And the very, specifically, he says, the power of his word, when he himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of God. Everything God did to the cross is upholding the whole universe. God says that he honors his word above his name. And God says that he's going to do it. And when God, says, when God says we can use his name, and he honors his word above his name, whatever God says, he will do. So if we're not seeing answers to our prayers, God's not the problem. His word is not the problem. Something we're doing or more, more specifically, if something we're believing or not believing is usually the problem. And usually we're like the man who came to Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. And he said, this doesn't come out by prayer, prayer and fasting. Well, fasting and prayer is not what delivers the, the unclean spirit. Fasting and prayer is what delivers the man from unbelief. What you know, the disciples couldn't heal the man, I mean, heal the boy, and the father couldn't heal the boy because of unbelief. Jesus didn't have unbelief. If we can get this unbelief out of our system, prayer and fasting gets you to, to move closer to God. It, it shuts everything else out where now you are believing God. You know, we get so many voices in our life. I mean, especially, I'm not just talking about media even though all of that's included. I mean, we have family. We, we have people who love us saying things, but they're not always what God's saying. Sometimes, that, sometimes our own voices are saying things. Our own flesh is saying stuff. We have the enemy saying things. We have God saying things. And, you know, in the, but going back to the parable of the sower, in Mark and Luke, I forget which one says which one, but at the end of the parable of the sower, Jesus says this, take heed what you hear, and take heed how you hear. What you are listening to and how you are listening to it depend whether that seed is falling on good soil or not. There's so many voices. And, you know, we don't listen to the news on purpose, even, even before, even back in the day when the news was actually news. But, uh, and I, I don't want to get political, but at the same point in time, you know, we, and, and we, we get enough of the headlines. We, we, you know, sometimes I will I glance at a, a news page and I'll just look at the headlines. I don't care about the commentary. I just want to find out, you know, I, I know there's COVID. I know there's certain things going on. And, and the Holy Spirit will bring things in remembrance. But there's some ways we still get connected. But I don't get involved with all the drama and all the... Well, I don't want that information. You know, um, what's his name? Um, Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth. Some of you might know of his name. But he wouldn't allow a newspaper in his house. He would make people leave it outside the door. He did not want... And that was before television. That was before... Uh, he wouldn't allow it in his house. And there's just some things I just don't want in my brain. I just don't want to be meditating on that. 
You know, I want to meditate God's word. And I'm not saying I'm not saying we were are, are called to be monks. We're we're, we're we're so isolated from the world that we don't know what's going on. You know, and I know sometimes some of our jobs and some of our our home environments we can't we we know we can't control that. And I get that. But even all the more, we need to we need to find a way where where our number one diet is God's word and our relationship with God. Some of us are so busy, and I get that, and and so therefore we need to make sure we schedule time or we have time where we can just you know, reprogram. You know, we we can just there's a word I used to use uh, we um, can't think of it right now, but we just need to I and mean, we we charge. You know, we almost need to flush out. We need to renew our minds. You know, uh, and it can be even a good thing. And family and different things. And we love family. We promote family. But sometimes we need to also, we need to, he need, you know, I love my wife. But he has to be first in my life. If I'm going to be a good husband, it's going to be because he's in my life. And if he's not in my life, I'm going to, anything I do for her is going to be my own strength. And and, and 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 I hope I, I believe I'm a good guy, but I just even know I'm going to fail in my own flesh. But with him in me, I have a, a stronger chance, a more absolute chance of being a good husband, and vice versa. And so uh, the key thing is to have a relationship with God. Um, anyway, let me move forward here. Um, I just. Skipping over a lot, I just want to make sure I'm, I, I'm not missing something that I want to really um, zero in on. Let's go to one more passage of scripture here. I'm running out of time, so I'm not going to finish this week, but we'll, we'll have part three next week. Um, let's go to John 16. We'll pick it up in verse 23. This is all really the same context. That we've been reading so far. So John 16, beginning in verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask, the Father in my name he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask. And you will receive that your joy may be full. I love that last phrase, that your joy may be full. You know, there's a lot here. Up until this point, nobody had even known to ask in the name of Jesus. But now he's saying, begin asking. You know, that word ask, if you study it out in the original language, it means to demand what's due. That sounds arrogant. You know, when I when I get a check and I endorse the check properly, and I go to the bank to cash that check or deposit that check, in a, in a sense, by that signature, I'm demanding payment due on that check. I talked to a detective years back. He said when people uh, do, do forgery and embezzlement, uh, they're basically... And they, they try to cash a check and, and, and by forgery. They're basically robbing the bank without a gun. That's why it's a felony. That's why embezzlement. It's, it's the same connotation as robbing a bank with a gun and without a gun. They're basically uh, they're just false through fraud, through forgery, uh, through embezzlement. That's basically what they're doing. 
But we're not forging God's name. We have authority to use his name. And you know, let's, let's keep with the bank scenario for a moment. When we go when we go to the bank, we don't have to we don't have we don't have to beg, we don't have to plead. Please, in the name of Dave, can you please cast this check? No, we, 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 there's a signature card on file. I have a relationship with the bank. There, there's protocol in place. There's legal matters involved. Uh, that signature is a, that, that check is actually a legal document. And when you sign that check and whatever, it's, uh, you, uh, you just simply do the procedure. Sometimes, depending on the amount and where it's coming from and your relationship with that bank, they might have to do some different things to, to verify that check and verify that account. But if you've done everything right, you're still not going to beg. You just have to go through the procedure, of, uh, the legal procedure to cast, them, the, the, the cast that check or deposit that check or process that transaction. When you buy a house, I'm also a notary public. I do loan signings. You know, there's, there's a book of forms. And I, my job is to make sure all those forms get signed and completed properly. And, uh, um, you know, and so... They don't have to, to, to beg for the house. They just need to go through the protocol and apply for the house. And, and they've already gone through all that, that work and the laws that are approved. And uh, that might be not necessarily the best analogy. But going back to the bank analogy I'm using, you don't have to beg and play, plead to the bank to, to cash that check. You just have to sign your name. And as long as that check is not a fraudulent, it's not a counterfeit, it's not a fraud, it will work. Same thing with Jesus. We don't have to beg. We don't have to necessarily keep saying it over and over again. We don't have to go to the bank. Please, in the name of Dave. Please, in the name of Dave. Please, in the name of Dave. Can I cast this check? No, we just believe. We believe if we sign that name, then I, in a sense, I'm asking, I'm demanding what's due. If my father has a will, and he passes away, and I go through the proper channels, through lawyers or the legal system, and, and, and whatever has been bequeathed to me, whatever has been, uh, then I can, I can receive that inheritance. The Bible says we have an eternal inheritance. And that eternal inheritance is put into effect by this new covenant that we call the New Testament. Because Jesus, our testator, has died. Jesus is not only our, our new birth certificate. He's not only our marriage certificate with Christ. He's also our death certificate. The, the testament, the covenant, does not have any authority, any power until the testator dies. But it talks about this in Hebrews chapter 9. Our testator has died. He's also risen again. But he has died. And because that, the covenant, the new covenant of Jesus Christ is in full operation. It's in full power. We just have to use the name of Jesus to receive dividends, if you will, from that inheritance, whatever we ask in his name, because he goes to the Father. If we understand this, receiving answers to prayer is a legal matter, because our redemption is real. When we trust him, when we use the name of Jesus, it will work every single time. And this is powerful. But let me, let me, let me pick it back on some things here. Um, in those day you will ask me nothing, but surely I say to you, whatever you ask in my fa the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will see that your joy may be full. God wants your joy to be full. And one of the secrets to having your joy being fulfilled 
is an answer to prayer. And one of the secrets to answer prayer is asking or knowing in the power of his name. You know, and so uh, it, 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 it's not really a secret. I just use that word. But the, the, the key is knowing the power of his name. And when, you, when your prayers are answered, there's joy. How many of you us get joy when our prayer gets answered? It's just awesome. It's awesome. And there's a verse... There's a verse in Proverbs that a lot of people quote to me when their prayers are not answered. It says, where, where hope deferred it makes the heart sick. They never finish the verse. They only quote me the first half of the verse. And I've quoted it too many years, many times. And when, 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 when hope is deferred, it makes the heart sick. And how many of us have been sick in our hearts because of unanswered, unanswered prayer? And, 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 and there's nothing good about a sick heart. You know, and that's where they end. But the, if you read the verse, when you continue the verse, it says, but when the answer comes, it's like the tree of life. And God doesn't want us to stay where it's unanswered. But how I many know we have a living hope? Our hope is in Jesus. Jesus is our hope of glory. This mystery that's revealed to us, it says in Scripture, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We've been talking about Christ in this. We've been talking about the kingdom of God is in us. We've been talking, we're going to be talking more, more thoroughly in a, in, a, in a few weeks from now about the Holy Spirit who's in us. God has given us his kingdom. God is, everything we do and say is bearing his name. That is a living hope. And I'm not just hoping it works. You know, the, the, the definition for hope in the Greek means a positive expectation of good. That's, that's the definition of hope. The positive expectation of good. We need to expect it to happen. When Jesus, when Peter said, silver and gold I have not, but in the name of Jesus, rise and walk, we'll get into this next week, he took his hand. Someone had confidence. You don't just grab a hand of someone who's been laying at the gate beautiful for a number of years and grab their hand to give them the walk if you don't have confidence. One, you're going to look silly. And two, you're going to embarrass him. Second, you might hurt him worse. But he had confidence that what he just said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He expected that man to get up. We need some expectancy. And yet, some of us already operate with this expectancy all the time. Worry. Fear. You ever lay back at night? I mean, some of the times where we're, we're most alone, like, you know, laying on a bed at night in the shower, driving the car alone. A lot of times our minds wander. We replay every scenario, everything that we worry about. But some of the things that we, some of the things that we worry about, we're, we're meditating on it. We're molding it over and over and over again. We're playing the what-if game. What if this happens? What if that happens? We're meditating on it. We're, 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 and, and sometimes, you know, even Job said this in the book of Job, the thing that I fear most happened to me. And so sometimes we're expecting the worst to happen, and then, then it happens. And we're already putting it in, in, into action. We're just doing it in a negative sense. We, we need to get where, where God's word trumps whatever we see in the natural. Do we have a red book or a higher book that I can use? I have an illustration that I use a lot. And I want to I kind of end, end this morning uh, with this. I'm not done, so we're going to go into the book of Acts next week. So I thought this was going to be a one-week message, but it's going to be three weeks which is fine. Uh, we're not in a rush. At the same point in time, uh, uh, it kind of fits the schedule because I, 
didn't really want to start a new series right before Christmas. So, okay. Doesn't matter what this book is about, but this is red. Okay, and uh, in case someone's colorblind, this is a red, reddish book. Okay, this is the Bible. But there's an illustration I've done through the years, and it's been very effective for a lot of people. But uh, again, we're gonna for this illustration, we're gonna pretend that there's more than one scripture. How many of you know that's dangerous to sometimes base your theology just on one scripture? That can sometimes be dangerous. Sometimes we need two or three scriptures to, to make a doctrine out of it, to make a teaching out of it. Uh, uh, um, and so that can be dangerous at times if, if we don't, if the Word of God doesn't support the, the, the doctrine. And sometimes we can take a, a scripture out of context. And my, 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 my theology on that is whenever you take a, a text out of context, you're left with a con. And so sometimes that, that can happen at times. Anyway, that's besides the point. But let's just say I give you this book, and I'm going to give this book to my wife, Sherry. I know you can't see on the video, but I gave this book to my wife, Sherry. But we're going to pretend that there's three scriptures that says the book that you have is red. And actually, we should probably use a blue book, but that's fine. So, so I'm going to just change my illustration. Uh, we're going to pretend that there's three scriptures that says the book that she has is blue. Okay. It was a red book, but we're going to pretend that the book that she has is blue. Okay? And um, so, but she's looking at the book, and we all acknowledge that this is a red book. Okay? So I'm going to ask Sherry, but there's three scriptures, right? Hypothetically, there's three scriptures that says the book that she has is blue. So I'm going to ask Sherry, what color is your book? Well, it's red. Okay, why is it red? Because I... <coughs> But the Word of God says it's blue. So what color is your book? It's blue. Why is it blue? Because God's Word says it. Okay. So here's my point. The fact is, but see the Word, we're not, we're not, we're not um, playing mind games here. The, the fact is, naturally speaking, this book is red. Okay. But if the Word of God says it's blue, then the Word of God is blue. Here's my point. Is the fact is it's red, but the truth says it's blue. If the fact does not align with the truth, guess which one has to change? The, the fact. God, uh, we're not, uh, we're not, um, there's a word I'm looking for. We're not, uh, denying the fact that uh, we're not denying the facts what we are doing is that the facts don't line up with the word of God we're telling the facts it must change I mean no the facts can change but the word of God can never change so if the facts doesn't line up with the truth the facts have to change under what authority the name of Jesus so let's just change this scenario Let's just say you have cancer or COVID. The, you have all the facts. Your, your lab says so. That your blood work says so. The doctor says so. But the word of God says, by his stripes you are healed. Or Peter says, by his stripes you were healed. Why does it say we're healed? Because Jesus died 2,000 years ago. He's not dying again. He died once and for all. So 
your, your lab says, your, 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 your doctor's report says that you have cancer. But the Word of God says you are healed. The fact is you have cancer, but the truth says you're healed. Guess which one has to change? In the name of Jesus, we're commanding that cancer to bow to the name of Jesus. We're commanding that fact to change and be healed. The same can happen for, for vision. The same can happen for other things that we need. The fact may very well be you might have all the, your, your bank book, your bank account might say you have this. But the word of God says, my God shall supply my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that he, 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 will, he will give you a, a power to get wealth. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you provision. We already talked, we talked, we had one, one whole lesson on the Lord is my provider. Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. The fact may be that you don't have the funds. But he is your provider. You no, know, two or three times Jesus wanted to feed the multitudes. The fact was he didn't have a. He, the fact was he didn't even have food. The boy did. The, the disciples didn't even have food. They went on this journey and they didn't even pack a lunch. You know, the boy, the little boy, had the lunch, but it was only one boy's lunch. It wasn't enough to feed four thousand, five thousand men plus women and children. And but Jesus wasn't. Jesus was not limited by the facts. He gave thanks for what he did have, because the boy gave him his lunch, and he multiplied it to feed the multitudes. He changed the facts by the word of God. This can work in every situation. You know, whatever the facts are, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to deny the facts, but we are exalting, we are magnifying the truth over the facts. That makes sense? And in the name of Jesus, we have authority to tell the facts to change. If there was a scripture that said this book is blue, in the name of Jesus, we could change the color of this book. That makes sense? There's no scripture that says that, but because that was a hypothetical thing. But the Bible does say, by his strength, we are healed. The Bible does say that my God shall supply my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you know the truth, the Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth won't set you free if you don't know it. You've got to know it. And when we know it, we know we have the name of Jesus. We know that we can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We know we can cast out demons in his name. We know we can raise up the dead in his name. We know there are other things we can know because we know the word of God. We know the nature of God. God has revealed himself in seven, seven names that we went over. And who he is, he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We know. And, there, there, you know, there's people who come to us all the time with needs, and, 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 and I can't do it. And we're going to be looking at one next week, silver and gold I have not, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. But there's times where God, God did meet the need. He did. He did. Uh, I mean, all the stories of Peter, he never caught anything without Jesus, you know. But I, he, he cast the depths out the, the deep, and he caught a big load of fish. He went another time fishing. He got a fish with a coins, uh, with a coin in the, in the fish's mouth to pay his taxes. He met him again in John twenty-one, and he 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 he, he cast the net on the other side of the boat, and he caught fish. Uh, he multiplied the the, the 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 loaves and the fish to to feed the multitudes four thousand and five thousand. We have so many examples. The the the, the, the in the Old Testament we had the, the the widow who had debts. And the prophet had her collect all the jars that she could. And her, as she began to pour the oil into these new jars, the oil began to multiply. 
We have so many scriptures about God being our provider. And he is Jehovah Jireh. But we also bear his name, the name of Jesus. And we, whatever we, we, we are not limited. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit soon in a couple of weeks. And we can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit because he's gone to the Father. We can do great works. We, he said, whatever we ask in his name, we shall do the works that he did <coughs> and even greater. How many times have you fed 4,000 people and 5,000 people with a, a boy's lunch? How many, and I'm not, I'm not putting many people down. I'm just saying, church, if we can wake up to who we are and what we have. The Bible says we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are blessed and not cursed. We are the children of God. And we can do exploits in his name because we have the name above all names. We're not going to be like the Simon Sorcerer who, who does it for our own profit. But we can do it to, to, to bring glory and honor and majesty to his name in the name of Jesus. And we'll get into some of this stuff more next week. Probably this makes sense. But we have the name of Jesus. We bear the name of Jesus. The Bible says we're baptized into his name. We are emerged into his name. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. We glorify you. I thank you for the name of Jesus. I bless everyone who's listening. I bless this country. And God, we trust. I pray for our president. I pray for this nation that is uh, just divided. And I thank you for bringing the truth to light in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, expose the lies, expose the fraud, expose things, and bring to the light your truth. In the name of Jesus. I pray this about so many different things. I bless those who are listening. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock if we talk about the true nature of God. And otherwise, have a good week. God bless.